Hello everyone, this is the Tehalia Podcast. I'm Bubak and join with me is Safu. So, so, so. Darimi. Heyo. And Ayman. What, what? Yeah, you can see, as you can see, we're all hip and happening people. Isn't that what the kids I know, say now? Yeah, we all hang out at discos nowadays, you know? <laughs> what, discos? This is like 80s. <laughs> Disco tech? Do you bring your roller skates with you? <laughs> For show, man. For show. What, what's a roller skate? Oh my god. No. <laughs> Alright, okay. Don't act like you don't know. You're not that old, man. No, no, his generation all hoverboards and all this stuff, man. Okay, then. So, are they run with uh, gas and oil? <laughs> wow! Oh, no. Let's find out in this episode. <laughs> As you pointed out from the very, very, very smooth segue, we're gonna talk about. Segue! Segue! <laughs> Talk about the crude and all that. No. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. Someone just spit out his drink. Okay. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Okay. From the very smooth segue from my mind, we're gonna talk about the oil and gas industry and the energy industry. So, as some of you guys may know. Uh, this week, the oil and gas prices, well, Brent crude prices, have gone down below $30 a barrel. And this is the first time in 12 years that it's gone down $30 a barrel. And from its peak of $120 a barrel, this is almost down 75% of its peak price back in 2012 or 2013, I think. So, it's not, it's not what, bad, bro. It, that's, that's not bad news. Well, yeah, it, for the layman's term, those who put in petrol, they might think, oh, this is a really good thing because uh, we pay less for oil but uh, as you know oil and gas prices ha- generally affects our livelihood in so many ways not just in our petrol in our car but in our economy our jobs so many industries are affected by oil and gas energy prices so I would like to ask you guys what why do you guys think the energy industry is so important okay I'll start off I'll start this off so you can take a macro view and say oil is usually one of the biggest factors that sets off global conflict, it sets off uh, disagreements between nations. So global politics, geopolitics, is uh, almost always, um, it it hinges on energy. So I mean, uh, it's really a a thing about securing energy resources, because energy is so scarce that it's something that it's, it's worth fighting over, right? Uh, sort of like water, like you know, any sort of scarce resource. It's something that really that affects uh, the global system and how nations interact with each other. So, but you can also go to the micro view, which is, of course, Bubba said, uh, it affects how much money you spend a week on oil. It affects your local economy, especially if you're in a country that uh, a lot of it, a lot of their jobs depend on the oil and gas industry. Uh, Local economies, even like in the states, you have whole cities built around, uh, built around oil pumps, and these guys are the ones that are hitting, are feeling, it, are feeling it most when when the oil price goes down because it's just not worth taking the money, taking the oil out of the ground. So these guys they lose their jobs and they lose their livelihoods. So there's a macro and a micro view about that, and it's that's why it's so interweaved with our daily lives. Well, that's a very good point. Well, what do you think, Derek? Well, um, I think. Um, regarding this issue, there's many perspectives to look at. There's um, the social side, the politics side, economy, business. Uh, I'm just gonna give some points randomly here. 
the first one I want to talk about, I want to extend the point being said by Iman, which is the livelihood, right? Because as you can see these days, like lately, there's so many retrenchments, um, companies laying off workers. And it's very sad. It's a very difficult time because imagine if you've been trained your whole life to do a particular thing mm-hmm. and then suddenly your job is just <coughs> not needed anymore because the industry is shrinking, right? I know people, I know for a fact there are people who suddenly get paid, say, 20k, etc. and already have commitments with the bank for mm-hmm. their homes, their yep. cars. Yep. Suddenly, they get their life, they get their livelihood taken away from them. And how are they going to have to pay for their debt? So it's a very horrifying time for some people but for other people who are not affected I mean they get extra money to fill up their gas right SUVs are in fashion again because it's cheap and from okay from looking at from a Malaysian Malaysian perspective it's really hard on us because uh, for example in November 11 2015 Petronas just announced that they're gonna cut they're expected to cut dividend to the government of Malaysia by about 10 billion previously they gave about 26 <coughs> billion ringgit to the country and they had to cut it down to 16 billion which is like 40 percent cut but mm. that is based on the budget of 48 dollars per barrel damn but it has gone way lower than, way that. Lower than as that as recently as um, as recently as friday it has gone around 29 dollars per barrel so we can expect Ooh. them to reduce it even more yes or? and it's just tough for our country in particular malaysia but i just want to ask you like what industries do you think are not affected by this thing? The thing is like, there's so much money in this oil and gas industry, in the energy industry, that almost every industry is kind of linked to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I mean, is there any company that is not really being affected? Okay. Maybe I could think, I suppose banks, but then again, with, with the commodity price going down, I'm guessing bankers are, yeah, yeah. have less to do or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. No, I mean, um, it's a, just, just a quick one. It's that, I mean, it's, Oil and gas is the major, by far, the, the biggest uh, source of energy for most modern economies, right? And you need energy to run an economy. That, that's why I don't think it's, it's very hard to... Okay, that's a good point, finance, right? Because they, they work on knowledge, they work on uh, you know, spreadsheets or whatever the hell bankers do. Uh, it's, not, it's very hard to find an industry that's not affected by this because it's, it's energy. You need energy to run things, to make things. But, to we, but you know, if oil and gas prices going down, I suppose energy prices going down, so like... If you're, well, theoretically, if you it's good for them. Okay, yeah, you're right. I mm. suppose if you, you got to think it from a macro point of view. If economies, um, in that case, I suppose it means that governments are affected. Maybe not particular industries, but governments are affected, and then there's a sort of knock-on effect. If they have less money, then they have less. If the governments have less money, they have less money to invest in certain industries. Certain industries die, or they do worse off. So, so governments are affected by. Like something like what Petronas did, is it? Is that how they are affected directly? Yeah, because yeah. by from oil companies because in most, giving most, less yeah. than they, they are. Yeah, especially okay. in this part of the world, the government's usually a huge investor in the economy. They create a lot of jobs, they invest in infrastructure, and if they don't have the money for this, all their revenue is propped up by, almost all the revenue is propped up by oil and gas mm. revenue. And if they don't have that, how are they going to pay for highways? How are they going to pay for so everyone stuff? Just shouldn't just celebrate when they, they see the... Um, the monthly update on oil prices keep going down, right? Yeah. So it's not really all worries and In the short term, it's like it's, it's good really, for everyone. But then in the long term, in 
the bigger picture you know you, you'll be you'll see in your increment in your yeah. bonuses or something yeah. like that shades agree okay uh, well it depends if your country is a net importer of oil and gas or if your country is a net exporter if your country is a Where net we exporter like? we are a net exporter okay if, if we are a net exporter then it will be negatively affected but if we are a net importer we will be positively affected so, okay but speaking on your point of what industries will be affected or not affected the uh, industries that will be affected positively are industries whose cost of businesses depends on mm. oil and gas byproducts etc for example airlines industry they're they're seeing their profits a bit higher because one of the main cost of businesses is their petroleum for their planes etc and i tnb as well their cost of businesses are uh, cost of business doing business is lower because of the lower prices of oil and sure. gas okay that's one one mm. aspect to it there's another aspect to it uh, i recently heard an interview of the head of um, the managing director of Robert Walters, she mentioned from the hiring ex- aspect, right? She said um, the effects of this oil and gas prices going down, s- many industries are affected, for example, the banking sector, the oil and gas sector, obviously. But um, there are still sectors which are not really affected and are still resilient and are still hiring people. Things such as the e-commerce, the tech industries are still expanding. Yeah. So they, are, they are not affected by the yeah. oil and gas prices. So you will see salespeople from say banks and, and others, they, will, they are enticed to go into tech and e-commerce and all that because of whatever sales skills that they have and they just need to transfer it to that growing industry. But are they... So you're saying like these companies are not affected. Uh, so are they mm-hmm. not in, in affected now, and they'll be affected no. further down the line, or like they're totally? Because I feel like we're talking about energy, right? Mm-hmm. So it it's it runs the runs everything. So yeah, yeah. Who I'm runs sure the world? There's effect. Energy, yeah. not girls. <laughs> Who? <laughs> sorry, sorry, girls run the world. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> girls totally yeah. run the world. Okay, no, here, here's the thing. I mean that. Again, you, you probably have to look at how what, what your economy is made up of. I mean, in Malaysia specifically, how big is our tech industry? How big is our, you know, a majority, I can I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm sure almost everything in Malaysia, everything that generates revenue, everything that creates jobs, runs on energy, manufacturing. Right. I mean, what, services, right? Services are generally the ones that don't need, uh, mm. that don't need oil or energy to. But, but that's to the thing, things. you know, when, well, people in those oil and gas industries or whoever are directly infected, they, they get less pay and then they have less money to spend. So when they have less money to spend, won't all these other indi- all these other industries yeah. Yeah, yeah, indirectly yeah. affected? The, the, the money that circulates in the economy comes less. Right? Exactly. But that's again, that's why I say if you're a net importer or if you're a net exporter. If you're not net importer, you will be positively affected. Okay. So any countries yeah. which are like net importers? I think the US is a net importer. I think I, I've read somewhere that we're, Malaysia is the only country in Southeast Asia which are net exporters. What about Indonesia, what? man? Is that true? I don't know. I, I'm not sure, Indonesia? to be honest. I, Indonesia is, is a member export? of OPEC, so I assume they're a net exporter as well. That would make a lot of sense. Yes. Okay. But, yeah. So, OPEC is... The organization, <laughs> the organization of petroleum, petroleum exporting countries. So, can you explain a bit about that, OPEC? So, OPEC, it was set up some time ago uh, and it's... Basically, uh, what it functions as a trade union or of sorts, a union of sorts of uh, exporting countries. The founding members, sort of the rough analogue of a UN Security Council, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait and Venezuela, and subsequently a few other countries join 
you can look it up on the website. I don't think I'll read it out here. But the point is, uh, currently the big issue that's that's uh, facing that OPEC is facing now is obviously the dropping oil prices. So it's bad for them too because that means their revenue is impacted because the price has gone down globally, mainly because of the US entering the market. They can produce they have uh, insane amounts of capacity, usually through fracking, shale oil. Right? Is that the term? Shale oil. Uh, shale, shale? Yeah, shale, shale oil. Okay, that. That's pretty much it. So, uh, the US has come in and has driven the price down, but uh, there's a camp within OPEC, because about, there's about uh, uh, probably just over a dozen members, and there's one camp that says, I don't care if the price is going down, I still need to fight for market share. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that my position in the market is not affected, so I'm just going to keep producing as much as I can and fight on price. And these are the Saudis, and they're joined by Kuwait, Qatar, and the UAE, and they're basically facing off against the rest of the OPEC members, who are saying, "Dude, stop making oil. We need to drive the price out. Otherwise, we're all going uh, we're all going under." But, but they just they just just don't care. Doesn't this mean that we're going towards, let's say, the true price of oil of oil? Okay. In the sense that, um, you know, when you I don't know, I'm not okay, an economist, the thing. The thing. but if okay. there's a lot of supply, yeah. one. Yeah. No, but, he, but here's the thing. Uh, there's also a thing to consider, which is the cost of production of oil, right? Mm-hmm. So if your if the price of oil can't cover the cost of production, then the oil stays in the ground, okay. right? That's that. So the true price of oil is. It's it's hard to say, lah. Okay, you, okay, you want to talk about the equilibrium price, right? So right now we have we are far from the equilibrium equilibrium price. It's because we are facing oversupply at the moment. So. To finally reach that equilibrium, uh, equilibrium price, the demand has to equal the supply. But right now, we are producing producing so much supply and we have so much stockpile of oil and gas that causes drives say, the when price. When you say we, we as a... As, I mean, as a... As the world, the as world, world production. As no, no, world. Not, not as Malaysia. No, not as Malaysia. Yeah. And the other thing is, okay, uh, someone just... I, I had this conversation with... Um, I had a conversation with a friend, right? Because the whole oil and gas fiasco is pretty much a political issue as well. So imagine if you could get one guy, sure thing, Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize, I mean, uh, candidate. If you, if you manage to solve this problem, you could probably get like a Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, run us through the problem. Okay, the, you see, right now, one of the major issues is that there's two camps within OPEC, right? They just can't see eye to eye. You say, f- for example, a prominent figure, a leader, right? Managed to get these two guys sitting on a table, looking eye to eye, said, hey, come on, man, let's figure shit out. Let's, let's put a price where we will all be okay. We don't need to push our profits uh, so low. We don't need to like, think of just about our own personal interests. Let's think of you know, our group as, uh, as a totality, right? And if they could sit down together and discuss and agree on something, then, then the problem could it sounds like solved. So- it sounds like socialism, man. <laughs> well, it sounds ideal, but at the end of the day, that could be the answer, though. That could be the answer. Oh my god, it sounds very <laughs> ideal. But the thing is, everyone has their own egos and personal interests. That is so difficult. That's why I said, if there's someone to step up and get these two people together, step man, over these prize, man. But, but doesn't it mean like you have to? Okay, I mean, oil and gas prices are going down, but I think it's still some companies are making profit. So, uh, aren't those ones making profit? Those are the ones who who should dominate the market because they have the highest efficiency. So the high, those companies, the, the point of the supply and demand thing is that eventually the company is the highest efficiency, the one that can produce the oil. Survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest, exactly. 
So isn't this the point of the oil price going down? Isn't it why OPEC is trying to do this? It's not OPEC. The thing is, within OPEC itself, like I might say, there's scams. Like everyone just they they breaking past their quotas. You know of how much they supposed yeah. to supply. So it's, it's a not, cartel, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, they're a cartel. It's a cocaine and cartel. And like, it's basically one of the the top guys. One of the imagine like a, yeah, a drug war. And you have this cartel of drug producers. And one guy's and they get together and they say, okay, let's only produce. 500 million tons of cocaine this year. Then one guy says, oh, I'm going to make an extra because I know I can sell it on the open market and make that extra. You know, it's that, um, what's it called? Not natural equilibrium. There's the... Uh, game theory? It's game theory. You know, it's the first person who blinks. They can take all the profit. And if, if your position is strong, and Saudi Arabia, they're pretty freaking strong. You know, links to Americans, military, probably the best in the Middle East. I don't know. But they're in a good position. So they know if they freaking... Just go ahead and make that extra oil and make that money. No one's gonna stop them. Mm. They just bomb the crap out of freaking <laughs> Qatar, Iran, I mean like, not Qatar, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Venezuela. Bomb the crap out of them. Yeah, and you know, like the whole Iran, Saudi Arabia thing that just blew up like a couple of weeks back, where yeah. Saudi Arabia, what? I think he executed, executed Iran, a bunch Iranian of, cleric. A bunch of Shiite, Shiite, Shiite clerics. Yeah. And they end up, um, the Iran government end up banning Iranians to go to Mecca? Really? I don't know. Well, I, I saw it already. So. Okay. <laughs> Trustworthy. <laughs> Trustworthy. Yeah. 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 So, so. It's got like 5,000 upvotes, mom. It's, it's, it's definitely true. Yeah. I, I, I saw it already. I clicked it. Highest rated comment was a fine joke. I can't remember what. <laughs> Welcome to Reddit. <laughs> so, uh, Reddit. I don't know if it's legit. But, okay, you guys are talking about... Mm oversupply and stuff like that so much of, there's a, there seems to be a need to control supply why can't why do the um, say like the diamond industry right the diamond producing industry they, they can control the supply to keep the prices high yeah. and they do it so well yeah I mean what's the difference there between that and the, the difference is like I said one of the OPEC members uh, feel that they're in a position strong enough to to, to release to flood the market I mean, I don't know who who I, I don't know enough about the diamond industry lah. But I feel like it's it's a different situation there. Probably mm. like doesn't De Beers hold like almost all the diamonds in the world and it just Libya. De Beers. De Beers. De Beers. company. Did I pronounce it wrong? De. I think that's the De Beers, right? De Beers. I don't know. I just made that up. Is it Arabic company? No, it's they're like French. No, I think they're freaking European. They're European. I can't remember where Europe. They produce all the black diamonds. Yeah. No, but, but, they're, but they're the ones who had the. Huh, okay. Huh. I think, I think we're. You guys seen in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, just to share a more personal sort of like experience from this whole thing, I'm just wondering if we're facing a new age, you know, okay. Um, just like full disclosure. Um, my dad worked in oil and gas. Okay, so he started when oil and gas was. The price was quite low. And he experienced. The whole rise in like the prices, mm. he experienced the whole package, everything. When the when the oil and gas prices rise, my my whole family's livelihood like went up and everything. Yeah. So he experienced the whole, you know, the, the whole boom of the oil and gas industry. He managed to experience that. <laughs> <laughs> but but then now that is down. I mean, are we? Is it an end of an era? Is it an end of the whole, you know, oil and gas like boom. money? You know, yeah. is it an Maybe, end of an era? You need any help? No, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm okay. I mean, 
I'm lucky now. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. Maybe maybe this this is the start of us moving away from oil and gas. So more do, do you see that happening ever? At least in our lifetime. So towards renewable energies. Well, renewable energies like nuclear. Well, technically, uh, nuclears are not renewables. They're just yeah, okay. alternative, far energy, more yeah. efficient. Alternative fuels. Yeah, far more cleaner than oil and gas lab, but they're not renewables. Yeah. So how do you define a renewable? Renewable means that the resource, of the, the source of the energy, is unlimited. Okay. Like sunlight. Sure. Unless you switch off the sun. Yeah. You'll always get sunlight. Have you seen Star Wars, bro? Well, you obviously, you can switch off the sun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but they absorb like, the sun, dude. What is the It's old technology. It's a long time ago. Oh, shit. It's a far away. So, <laughs> no, <not laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, that's uh, wind energy, means you. it's always going to be there. Mm. Sure. We've, there it's there's, 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 people, uh, there's talk about. Is hydroelectric renewable? Hydroelectric yes. is also renewables. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And also, there's this new tech where they they harvest the energy from algae. No current, current in the middle of the ocean. Oh, that's you know, yeah, oh, yeah, wind, yeah, yeah, like water turbines. Yeah, kind of. yeah, like water turbines, but deep inside oh, wow. the ocean. But I would imagine the wiring and the, the cabling would cost. A bomb. Well, that's that's where I guess they can yeah. start hiring all these oil and gas people. <laughs> They're the experts on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many, there's so many oil and gas pipelines all yeah. under under yeah. the sea everywhere. You know, I suppose it's definitely possible, mm. but whether or not the price meets, you know, the cost of making it meets how much you can actually make mm. from mm. it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I saw this one. Well, what do what do you guys think about renewables? As in, like, do you, do you guys think it will dominate the market within our lifetimes? I just want to quote someone: Hal Harvey, from the CEO of the Energy Info, Energy Innovation, which is a policy research group. They say in the last six years, solar prices have dropped by more than 80% and now cost less than a new coal plant. Wind is down 60% and LED lights more than 90%. It becomes clear that a clean future costs, costs no more than a dirty one. And now tech, even Texas now has the most wind installed of any US state. Mm. Goddamn Texas, man. It's All in gas countries. It costs less if there's no... You get what I mean? If, if the playing field is like totally empty. There's no uh, cool plants available. Yeah. If there, if there's like, like two choices whether you're gonna go clean or dirty. Yeah. Then it's like clean, obviously. But the thing is, there's like thousands of cool plants everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. What are you exactly. gonna do with all that, right? Yeah. Who's the, gonna unless cost of- you can create something that basically, like, turn it around, like, right? you know, just refurbish the cool plants into like clean energy. Then, it's that's always been the case for. Like the case against renewable energy is that, in terms of cost, it's not as yeah. it's basically really expensive energy. Like. Mm. Yeah, it's really ex- it's really cheap in the long run, but really expensive in the short term. And that's always been a problem for mankind. Yeah. I'd like to share some um, opinions um, from a professor of Stanford. His name is Vivek Wadwa. Please, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's so kind. <laughs> I'm going to swirl my orange juice while listening to you with a pensive yeah. expression. So, um, so I heard one of his lectures, um, Vivek Wadwa. He's, he's a guy who's very passionate about innovation, about technology, about disruption in industries. He sort of predicted what is going to happen. Um, he predicts that most of our industries today will be disrupted 
and they will come up with new technologies, etc. And the, the way we live our life is going to change. I mean, m- many many times in the years to come. For example, right now, energy prices has gone down so low, and there we are placing more emphasis on renewable energy, etc. So one of the things that he predicted, right, come, um, I think he predicted in the ten twenty years, we will reach a point where we'll we'll have energy parity meaning it's cheap enough to produce your own energy for your own consumption every day 10 and 20 years yeah in mm. 10 20 mm. years yeah for you'll be cheap enough to produce your own energy for your own consumption that means you don't need to get energy You're self-sufficient yeah. yeah you don't need to get energy from tnb etc you just need to have some solar panel and everything and you can years. and you can already produce your own energy in fact in silicon valley most of their houses are already well equipped with the thing with solar energy is like it's very it has geographical limitations is that the correct sure. term I guess like yeah so like in Silicon Valley it barely rains mm-hmm. you b- barely see any clouds yeah. that's why it's more efficient to, it works, to do it yeah. there yeah it works there there are that's some few challenges like yeah. say for example sandy places it's difficult because you want to avoid like the sand grains sure. exactly. there's yeah. also like so a lot of like uh, European I think European companies, they start bringing all this. They're like the the biggest innovator in like solar energy lah, okay. because they have four so, seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. They have access to like sun. In that, in like three months, you know you'll get sun. Oh, wow. Basically, during the summer, unlike here in Malaysia, we're like Green. yeah, it's it's cloudy most of the time. Yeah, we're not as. Um, efficient that's why I think uh, they're talking about using wind energy instead oh, wow. yeah. but isn't Malaysia one of the least windy places Cause no, but, but we, have, we have a lot of coast oh, okay. we have a lot of like yeah coastal coast and that, that means a lot of uh, I don't know what it's called in here. Bayu angin. What's it called? Uh, I don't know uh, uh, draft Bayu. wind draft from yeah so there, there, breeze, breeze. ocean breeze Ocean breeze. Yeah, 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 so there's like uh, we're gonna harvest that, and yeah. also looking into like nuclear energy, I guess. Yeah, I was but in the Philippines just like uh, last week, and across the the ocean, you can see Philippines has wind farms. Oh. Mm. They have wind turbines uh, harvesting the farm, but they they weren't many of those things. Yeah. So they might be just a tester yeah. to see mm. how it goes. Yeah, pilot project. Yeah, pilot project. So, it, mm. but still, it's pretty good to see that. Um, even Philippines is trying to embrace renewable energies. You have one in Sarawak. Really? But it's a single one? one. Like one wind turbine. Literally one wind for for testing. TNB build it for testing oh. efficiencies and stuff like that. Oh. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry to like no? steer the direction a bit differently. <laughs> but I think this speaks. I'll drink my orange juice. This speaks so much about technology and the rate of change of. I mean, the DIY VDX. Sorry, the rate of change of technology, <laughs> right? Like how we, I mean, the way we live our lives, etc. Disruption, because the oil and gas, this whole fiasco about this oil and gas prices started from a disruptive technology as well, mm-hmm. like the fracking, yep. shale oil. Do you mind just explaining what that is exactly? Fracking shale oil is basically uh, taking out uh, oil shale. So oil shale is oil which is in like deep deeply embedded in shale rocks. So shale rocks is a certain type of the layer of the 
geology wise is a layer which is very hard to take out oil. So recently, US found out an efficient way to take out that oil in a more cost-effective way. So we've always known you can take out shale oil, yeah. But it's always it's never been the most cost-effective, cost-viable yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. And re- just recently, US found out found a way to the US companies found a way to actually take it out. Is it so the way they found it to be cost-efficient? Is it because of the price of oil, or is it because of new technology that they found? It's because of the price of oil. You know, price of oil was so high at one point that it was so hard to import in, import into the country. So it was so expensive. So people mm. wanted cheaper ways. The refineries in, in America want cheaper ways to buy this oil. So but that's how they... Why, why, why are people so like up and arms about like, shale oil? Are there any other, um, I guess, repercussions beside affecting the oil prices? So like the biggest thing about shale fracking, this basically called shale fracking, is that the environmental concerns. So the way you take out the shale oil is basically by pumping a specific type of water which pushes the oil in. So that specific type of water has chemicals and stuff. So people feel that the chemicals are polluting, polluting our water supply, polluting uh, the, the, the environment. Yeah. So when you when you frack shale oil near let's say a water supply near some well somewhere and they're afraid that the chemicals from that will fracking seep will seep through mm-hmm. to the water well and eventually poison mm-hmm. the residents near that place so there's an environmental concern with shale with shale fracking yeah. has there been documented any cases not as far as i know but i I assume there must have been something yeah. that people are up in arms about. <coughs> so in UK, especially, people are so so up in arms. So they're doing it in the UK as well? I think up in Scotland. It's not a US exclusive thing. Then. They started it, but I think they they paused it because people were so oh, against okay. it. That was up in Scotland, wasn't it? I think it was in Exeter, actually. What was it? Was it in yeah, somewhere south. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Then, well... The thing is, shale, shale gas is from right. geology-wise, it okay. has to be on land. Oh. So interesting stuff, man. This is yeah. Scary, scary for us because like, uh, what's going to happen, man? Well, you know, further to your point, I mean, I think we just went through a. I think we just went through a pretty detailed thing about oil fracking, which I think is against, which is not really what we want to talk about. Like, so you were talking about disturbance in the industry. So the the disruption, sorry, disruption in the industry. So the disruption in the industry is an oil and gas disruption. Yeah. It's not really a disruption in terms of renewables. Yeah. So do you really see renewables being, uh, being really used in the near future? Because this disruption is what usually a disruption comes and it takes over the industry, right? Sure. For let's say like smartphones, smartphones, mm-hmm. maybe fifteen years ago, people no one would have thought it would take this little computer thing walking around everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. suddenly, Apple came out with one really good smartphone. It's just dominated industry. Like, pretty much everyone has one. You can look at it like it's not a disruption in the uh, renewables per se, but it is a disruption in the energy industry, mm. which is what oil and gas are involved in and like renewables are involved in. So in a way, yeah. I mean, you look at the evidence, man. It really disrupted like the whole economy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. I agree with you, but it does not change our dependence on oil and gas. Okay, if you want yeah. to talk so, about that. Yeah, our dependence on oil and gas is still... Still, so much. I mean, we, we, we can't but live without oil and gas. Is that just like a factor of time? 
That's the thing. Okay, reduce I dependence. Do uh, I don't are, have, are we are we, are we flexible? So, so you're saying the issue now is we have to reduce dependence on. Okay. So yes. that's the disruption we need. Okay. The disruption. We need Tesla here, basically. That's what I'm yeah. saying. We need Tesla <laughs> here. So so right now we're crystal balling. Like we're crystal balling. We're figuring out what's gonna happen in the future. Okay. Crystal let's. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Hashtag> crystal balling. <laughs> okay. So, in the past we used to depend on coal. Now we're depending on oil and gas. So what we're coal is still a massive. Massive. Well, it's so polluting. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like I don't know something like. Please stop me from wrong. Nine hundred. You don't see coal because coal is not consumer centric. I see. So it's coal is usually used in coal power plants yeah. and then power itself. But don't trains still run on coal. Yeah, it, I mean, not now lah. Those days, maybe in the ex-Soviet countries, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But those days, transportation did depend a lot on coal, even yeah. like the heavy duty cars. Mm-hmm. But mm. now it's all I guess. Mm. So if you're talking about dependence, we have to ask ourselves: What are the main? What I mean, how do we use oil and gas most in our lives? It's transportation, right? Yeah. So Airline, like, uh, I think that's the that's like transportation is the one you can clearly see. Yeah. Okay. But even lights, manufacturing, like power plastic. in general, uh, it's basically oil and gas industry. Energy, yeah. thing, Energy. Mm. All pretty much all our energy comes from oil and gas. Okay, because if you're gonna break it down, okay, if you want to break it down, say, let's just talk about transportation, right? I think there's already the disruption in the transportation industry. I mean, as Safwan mentioned earlier, Tesla, electric vehicles, EV. We'll just have to keep ourselves updated on the developments of mm-hmm. EV, and then yeah. The thing with Teslas is like, yeah, they they're not they're not depending on oil and gas in the sense that we're not pumping. Gas inside, yes, right? Yeah. But in a way, they're still depending. The like, electricity, yeah, because the electricity that they're uh, we're pumping into it, the electric, the power, the actual yeah. power is produced by oil and gas. I want to hit on another point here. So, does that mean uh, the <clears throat> the idea of dependence on oil and gas for our energy needs is it the consumer's responsibility to choose other sources, or is it the producer's responsibility to switch their production methods to use renewable energy sources? Energy sources. Well, I would say it's more of a responsibility on the research side because at this moment it's just no the cost producer, effective. Uh, yeah, I mean, that 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 will be the producer side of mm. it. Because not all producers research, so that I don't want to say producers. Right. So I mean, on the research side, so maybe academically or whatever, we just need something more cost viable to reproduce to <coughs> replace all this, and then the producers have to pick that up. Yeah. Because at this moment, ExxonMobil is so strong, and there's so much uh, ExxonMobil shell. Petronas, all these oil and gas companies just make so much money and they have so much infrastructure already involved. They have so much money. So capital pumped in. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's... I mean, okay, I'm I'm no fan of big corporations, but, you know, to expect them to take on the responsibility of switching their production methods and basically writing off how billions, probably trillions worth of infrastructure, it's a bit tough. So I don't know, maybe there's a... So maybe partnership with the government? I don't know. Maybe don't we know. need something like Tesla. So right. a company that comes in that comes in as a disruptor, as, as like Daremi has mentioned. Yeah. So a company that comes in with a renewable energy and it sells off its uh, social social values. As you're right. Like, no, you're right. Because then they will give it a bargaining power. Say, look at how many people buy our cars. Now I want you as a major user of your energy products to switch to more renewables, right? I mean that's what Apple did. Apple did something completely. 
uh, I think we're getting off the topic, but <laughs> Apple, like, they used the leverage um, of everybody wanted to buy an iPhone, then they changed the way that uh, American telco companies package their data plans. They completely changed the landscape. Now, mm. it's, it's, it's very hard to think about the American telco industry without mentioning Apple at some point in 2007. Okay. See, everyone's just keep saying, like, renewables, but I feel like we're glossing over what I think is, like, the answer, which is nuclear energy. That's why I feel like but you know, with nuclear energy, there's Nucle- so many, the thing is like, no, no, so many dangers. The thing, the thing with nuclear energy is like it has, it's it's very safe if you can, like there's a lot of like management now. It's a lot of like um, manage like risk management that goes into it. Yeah. But if that's handled well, it's one of the cleanest, yeah. cheapest yeah. energy energies around. Like cleanest in the sense that. Per power, la, right? You know, like per power, per power, unit. power produce yeah. per cost uh, per dollar. No, 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 cost like per unit of energy oh. per waste. Oh, yeah, right. like yeah, amount of waste oh, okay. produced. It's very clean. Okay, but it has this like stigma. Yeah, right? <laughs> Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chernobyl, the one, the one in Japan, like Fukushima. Fukushima. Yeah, yeah. like dude. That's the thing. Like the thing is, it's it's inherently safe in design and everything, but. All you need is one human error. Exactly. One human error. Like and that, it can cause yeah. so much pain. Devastation. Right? Like, devastation. Like you can see in Fukushima. Mm-hmm. They're, still, they're still suffering the after effects of that. And there was this argument that I heard. Okay. Um, how many people died from a nuclear, what do you call it, accident compared to how many people died as a result of you know, car accidents mm-hmm. like oil and gas and everything. Mm-hmm. So even like mining, like coal mining, yeah. Yeah. so they still. Even if you compare the, the argument for nuclear is that there's a lot less people. I feel yeah, like the thing is, the thing is, there's so many, so much less uh, nuclear plants compared to hmm. refineries exactly. and cars. That there's the numbers, numbers. Yeah. Different. If you did it like per plant or something, then yeah. I feel like easy. if the amount of um, like human resource that is put into oil and gas, it's diverted into nuclear, that they'll make like, you can, now you'll see like, you know, the research will like go, mm. uh, yeah. push it like so, so, yeah. so fast forward, right? And then, mm. and then you, nuclear would be like a viable option. That's, that's why I feel like. Yeah, I'm going to try to put it in a different perspective, right? Okay, we talk about renewable energy, alternative sources of energy. Question is why? Now, oil and gas is getting cheaper and cheaper. Like, say for example, before this, people make a compelling case of for EV, right? Okay, to f- fill up your car it will be with electricity is a lot cheaper. You can just fill up using any plug point. It's a lot cheaper. But now, oil and gas is so cheap. Okay. Oil and gas is so cheap. So why do we want alternative? But isn't energy? this just the same question I asked yeah, in the beginning? It's, it's, of it's a bill. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, argument. It's a macro thing, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I just. Digitate what I I heard. Just Aish, like, yeah. Nice. So it's like learning on the yeah, job, bro. Yeah, it's it's a macro. You have to look at in like a, the macro level. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it'll affect. It won't affect you as a consumer, a personal consumer, but it will affect the country as a whole and the environment. Mm. Because why? Petronas is cutting down their dividends to the government. That's why. Okay. That's how. Right? Am I right? Uh, probably. <laughs> I'm 70% sure you're right. <coughs> so, what's your final thoughts on this uh, and the energy industry and what are your future hopes on it? 
Well, my hopes are that we do. Uh, I mean, from an environment environmental perspective, definitely we should and we should try to find ways to reduce our dependence on oil and gas to find more sustainable ways of meeting our energy needs. I'm not in favor of eco luditism, eco luditism, <laughs> which is what? basically you're saying. Don't you know, use power. Don't use power. You're yeah. sort of like, oh, okay, let's all live in like caravans and campfires to cook our meat. No, I'm, I'm not. In, I'm not in favor of that. We need. Well, how do they start their campfire? Oh, <laughs> not gas. No, oh. it has to be renewable. It has to be hit two stones. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, we need progress. We need development. You know, everybody has a right to a more prosperous and comfortable way of life. But there's no reason why we can't reconcile that reconcile that with a sustainable energy source there has to find we have to find a way we have to find a way um okay in terms of oil and guys we got oil and guys food yeah, really oil on guys that wish oil on guys sorry so oil and gas that's dream of so in terms of oil and gas prices uh, I think it's still very unstable I think it will bounce back up to a more equilibrium level as uh, Bubak mentioned it will reach an equilibrium price but I think gone are the days of very high prices and people making so much money of like $120 per barrel, is that correct? $147 100, at 2009 peak. Uh, $147 really? at 2009. I think gone are the days of high prices of oil. I think the industry will become a bit more smaller, but more stable eventually. I feel like if I realise that the oil and gas industry in Malaysia is one of the if not the biggest industry so means like a lot of Malaysians are employed and uh, using in the industry so maybe hoping for a, like a paradigm shift towards another hashtag bro oh, hashtag paradigm shift <laughs> paradigm shift to another, a newer like energy source would means would mean a lot of people's lives would be affected yeah but it's not mine, so yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, okay, just I just want to end this with like a. So I really think uh, the whole energy industry has to evolve and see how things go. So if oil oil prices keep going down, it's eventually going to mean a lot of oil companies are going to go go bust, and it means oil production is going to go go down. And you know, oil gas prices might go back up. It might go back to skyrocket high. Who knows what happens in the future, right? We're all just crystal balling in this moment. So, hashtag crystal balling. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna wing it. Let's go with the flow. Yeah, and let's yeah, just yeah. hope uh, the free market pushes pushes the, the companies towards renewable energies. Because I, I guess I'm more of a free market guy. I want the companies to realize that their profits are much better obtained from... Can, can, okay. can I just say that their opinions are 1% does not reflect? <laughs> 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 yeah, not all of us are free market guys here. Mm-hmm. So, Who are you talking so about? Thank you so much for listening. Uh, there's a final disclaimer. We're not all experts. So <laughs> please don't take any of our words as fact. Maybe some of our factoids might be wrong. So... Just take it as opinions and stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a very hey guys. exciting end <laughs> to our podcast. Very convincing. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. See better. you next week. You know, next week, not next month. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to post more regularly. <laughs> yeah. See you, guys. Ciao. Okay. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be more.